Welcome to For the Record with Daniel Fontaine, where we focus on civic and urban issues impacting New Westminster and beyond. For the Record puts it on the record, when and where it counts. Now let's begin. I'm very pleased to welcome to For the Record a very special guest. He's been on For the Record in the past. His name is Mr. Councillor Paul Minhas. Or is it just Paul Minhas or is it Councillor Minhas or is it Mr. Paul Minhas? Well, good afternoon, Daniel. Uh, Just call me Paul Minhas. I could just call you Paul. Just call me Paul. (laughs) Sounds great. Very pleased to have you on the uh, podcast this afternoon, uh, Paul. We are going to be talking today. You are a city councillor, as am I, in the city of New Westminster. And what we're about to do is uh, do a bit of a the first uh, first of a kind. We're going to do a council roundup. So for the people who live in New Westminster and others who want to listen to what's going on in uh, what we think is the epicenter of politics um, uh, in the metro Vancouver area, this will be an opportunity for us to do a little bit of a debrief and kind of uh, summarize some of the the things that happened at council. And so we're gonna we're gonna do that in this uh, special podcast today, and we're gonna do it a lot more over the coming months as uh, we have council meetings that come and go we're going to frequently take the opportunity to do a little bit of a of a deeper dive so people can understand kind of what actually transpired from our voice and it is important to remind everyone these are our perspectives um, as i've always said before on for the record this is my perspective as it is uh, uh, councillor minhas's perspective and uh, we do not necessarily uh, represent uh, the views of council so why don't we jump right on into it so uh, Paul, we attended a uh, council workshop in the afternoon on uh, Monday, January 8th, with the first opportunity for council to kind of get back together. And hey, it was budget season. We got to talk about the capital budget, had a presentation from staff about the capital budget. And um, anything, um, first of all, I'll start with you, anything jump out at you that that uh, uh, happened that afternoon that you think our, our listeners should know about? Oh, absolutely. Uh, first, I want to wish uh, everybody a happy new year and, uh, uh, you know, uh, have a great year ahead of them. And uh, secondly, uh, to answer your question, there was a lot of things that were happening in that budget meeting and uh, the workshop. Uh, it was interesting on some of the topics, uh, but uh, as you were there and as you were listening, um, you also write what we talk about right now. It's our personal opinion. But... Uh, to get the information out to the people, I think is also very, very important. So what we're doing here right now, talking about it, uh, whether it's the budget workshop or the other events that uh, followed uh, throughout the day, um, are very, very important topics. Yeah, because the, there were two things that we're going to talk about today. One was that budget workshop. So I'm going to jump back to you in a moment to just talk about a little bit about the budget workshop. But then we're going to talk a little bit about the evening council meeting, because boy, was there ever a lot of interesting things that happened that evening. So on the budget workshop to start, that is about the capital budget. That's about what the city is going to spend on on capital infrastructure. And there were a lot of things in there. And why don't we start on the Queen's Park Petting Zoo Master Plan? I think it's about a half a million dollars. Um, why don't you let um, our listeners know what uh, we tried to do with that? Yeah, uh, I believe it's a half a million dollars. You're absolutely right. Uh, they will be building a mushroom wall. Mm. Uh, that's where they're going to be spending uh, that money. And uh, definitely, I think uh, there's a lot more that could have been done with that money. And uh, Okay, Paul, just a moment here. Sorry, let's back up, because a lot of people might ask the question of what is a mushroom wall? So they're going to take half a million dollars, where the, the city will take half a million, and we're going to build 
a mushroom wall. Now, just correct me if I'm wrong. This is in Queen's Park. I frequent Queen's Park a lot. I walk through that beautiful park. I see mushrooms all over uh, Queen's Park. Please don't tell me that we're building a special wall for mushrooms. Uh, you're absolutely right, actually. Uh, it, uh, it is going to be where the old petting zoo used to be. And yes, they're going to be building a wall uh, to um, uh, have mushrooms there. Uh, but you're absolutely right. There's mushrooms everywhere in Queen's Park. Um, and I think personally, this money could have been used for a lot of different purposes mm. within Queen's Park, uh, be the stadium that uh, needs us a lot of work there. Uh, something uh, that will enhance uh, the sports side of things, mm -hmm. uh, the facility side of things that we desperately need in the city. Yeah, and I'm gonna, that's a good segue because we're going to talk about that in a moment about um, the Growing Communities Fund and what happened with that debate and that discussion. But so there's a um, this Queens Park Petting Zoo. I won't even go there because so many families and and I've talked to kids actually, parents they loved that petting zoo. It was such a part of Queens Park, and suddenly it's gone just doesn't fit somehow into the, the current agenda of, of council. And now we're talking about tearing that all down, sending it off to the dump, and then we're going to replace it with a mushroom wall for, I believe, and, and don't quote me because I don't have the paperwork in front of me, I think about a half a million dollars to actually do this. And you and I were both talking about how that money could have not only sports and recreation, but there's a little kids park right next to it that would imagine how, what half a million dollars could have done to upgrade that playground. Um, the exact uh, figures are not in front of me either, but uh, there's so much more that could have been done for the children, uh, especially the parents when they take them out to the park, uh, the little uh, playground for the children. A um, lot of amenities could have been built for the young children, for their growth. I think it's very, very vital, very important uh, to pay attention to something like that. Instead, uh, I mean, even the Petting zoo was a great thing. A lot of people love that. But to recreate that, spend extra money for consulting and everything else, and then, yes, the mushroom wall. It just doesn't make sense to me. So in our previous segment, uh, Councillor Minas, we were talking a little bit about sports and recreation. And another thing that happened that afternoon at that workshop was there's something called the Growing Communities Fund, and it has about 15 or $16 million that we got from the province of British Columbia. Thank you, province of British Columbia. That came to New Westminster, and we could spend it in the community on, on some capital projects. And about just under $13 million of it has, had been spent. We noticed that in the report, but none of it, amazingly, none of it have, was going to be earmarked to go to things like recreational amenities, like turf fields at Ryle Park in Queensboro, or lacrosse boxes, or uh, upgraded uh, baseball facilities. I could keep naming them all. We had nothing in that report was earmarked. So there was about $3.5 million left um, that hadn't been committed. Now tell our listeners what happened in that afternoon after a motion was presented. Well, it got passed finally. Um, uh, uh, Daniel, um, the beauty is that Finally, for a change, we can put some money um, into our parks, into our uh, amenities and facilities like the baseball park in Queens Park or the lacrosse box, wherever. But the good thing, the important thing is that we can put some of this money towards the well-being of our young children, 
and uh, try to lead them in the right way. Yeah. So what happened for our listeners? Uh, we got that report. There was about three and a half million dollars that was not yet committed. Councilman Mass and I put a motion forward asking that council approve that that three and a half million dollars be earmarked for sports and recreation facilities and council approved it unanimously, which was fantastic. So what it means now is that our, our staff um, have to work within the parameters of, of investing that three and a half million dollars. So if you're listening, if you're, if you're from New Westminster, if you're with organized sport, uh, get ready to be creative around thinking about what, how we could invest that three and a half million dollars. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it's something that the people have always wanted. The parents have always wanted. Uh, a lot of the young uh, folks within the city, whether it's in Queensboro or in Queens Park, uh, they wanted something like this. And uh, we finally have the opportunity to invest uh, for the children. Let us know um, if you uh, have an interest in wanting to make some investments in sports and recreation. Please send an email to Mayor and Council. Uh, check on the City of New Westminster website. Write to Mayor and Council. Let us know what your ideas are for that $3.5 million. We'd love to hear from you because I'm sure there are some great ideas from our organized sport community within New Westminster who'd love to, uh, to uh, come up with some ideas. And I will, before I close out this segment, this particular segment, I think it's worth noting to Paul that um, when we had our crime and safety forum, remember what uh, Dave Jones said, the former uh, chief of police, uh, one of the most respected uh, chiefs of police uh, in this uh, history of this city, I, I believe. He said when he was at that forum that investing in turf fields and lighting and things that allow kids to be out in sports, he said that was one of the best crime reduction investments you can make. And it, it it's not an investment in the police department. It's an investment in sports and rec. So that's why I loved um, that that motion got passed. You're absolutely right. Uh, that was a great uh, forum that we had on crime and safety. And uh, yes, of course, Dave Jones with his reputation. Um, uh, he was talking about even Lafarge, the Kolkatlam, uh, the sports center and everything else. And how it gets used in so many different uh, ways. And it keeps the children engaged into doing the right things, uh, you know, for them. So now uh, we're going to switch again uh, over to an issue that did come up in the workshop, and that was related to, I think, a, a topic that we posted a video on, on the New West Progressive YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you go to YouTube and subscribe to the New West Progressive's uh, YouTube channel. On that YouTube channel, um, uh, Kathleen Carlson, who's running for the school board, by the way, shameless plug, February 3rd. Make sure you get out to vote for Kathleen Carlson at the by-election. But Kathleen, you and I were out near Herbert Spencer School talking about a, uh, a request from the community to uh, upgrade the light. Uh, every, anybody who's from New Westminster knows that light. It's the one uh, right across from Herbert Spencer. It's kind of pedestrian controlled and boy, is it a challenging area to cross. And so we had a motion passed a few weeks ago asking for staff to come back and to look at the opportunities for us to make an investment to upgrade that to a full light, not just a half light. So uh, Paul, um, the staff report came back. Tell our listeners what happened. And the motion got defeated. And um, uh, it's it was very, uh, I was very surprised um, to see a couple of councillors that agreed with the motion in the past, then all of a sudden mm -hmm. go against the motion. So the previous motion passed unanimously, I believe. Yes. I, it may have been almost unanimously. 
And that was to explore the upgrade of the light. And now this report from the capital plan came in the budget. And there was a, uh, just so so everyone understands what happened, is there was a report that came back and the staff said, what would you like to do now? Here's the data and the information. What would you like to do? And I believe it was um, either yourself or myself, one of us, moved a motion saying, take a half a million dollars out of the growing communities fund in earmark it for that street light, upgrade it. And then that motion got put on the floor and then it It got got defeated. Um, And it was uh, four to two, I believe. Four to two, okay. And, uh, you know, uh, when we talk about pedestrians and the safety of the pedestrians, especially in a school zone and in the area that we are talking about on 2nd Street and 6th Avenue across from the elementary school, it was such a vital thing to get this thing done. Yet, um, for whatever reason, looks like the safety of the pedestrians wasn't taken into consideration. And to me, that just boggles my mind that something like this that is so important for the welfare of the children, young children, and the parents, that something like this got defeated at 4-2. You know, Paul, um, like I said, that was one of the highest viewed videos that we posted on, on YouTube. That's right. And, and I heard from countless parents in Glenbrook North and in Queens Park who were so relieved when they saw that council unanimously agreed to explore upgrading that light. I don't think a lot of people know that that was defeated because it was there was a story in the newspaper, the local record, which talked about that light coming. That's right. But now, I don't think it's going to happen. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, uh, you know, uh, it's a, it's a shame that uh, these people um, that needed to think about uh, the safety of the children is very important. Uh, I think one can clearly agree that the pedestrians' uh, right to safety is very, very important. It should be at the top of the list. Especially not only pedestrians, but these are students. Exactly. Young kids. Young kids. That are crossing 6th Avenue in a very busy intersection. And That's right. cars are dashing in and out of there. And the parents, all they asked us was... A simple fixed light instead of, uh, you know, the, the push-button light there. Right. And the, uh, the community first representatives, and I guess now I have to say independent counselor Nadine Nakagawa, because she's no longer uh, with community first. And, and we'll talk about that in a moment, too. But um, so they all voted um, that down. And so it was a, a four to two. And the reason it was four to two and not five to two is because the mayor did not um, was not at the, uh, the last meeting, the last meeting. So that's why when we talk about votes, it's four to two, not five to two, because there was the mayor yeah, was absent. The mayor was absent. The other um, bit of information that I think is important from the workshop perspective, and that's around another motion that we put forward for debate, and that was around the 18 to $19 million active transportation plan that's in the, in the capital plan. You and I discovered something interesting when we started questioning staff about that, and when we asked, like, we asked, what's the number one transportation priority for the city of New Westminster? And staff confirmed that it is... The pedestrians. Correct. The pedestrians. Then we asked, okay, so there's the active transportation plan. What's the number one priority of the active transportation plan? And the answer was... Pedestrians. Hmm. That's That would have been the right answer. That it was bicyclists. Cyclists. Bi- cyclists. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think you were thinking what it should have been. <laughs> what should have been. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it just uh, 
puzzles me as to how uh, certain things uh, are, are are working out. And uh, it should have been the pedestrians. You're absolutely right about that. But then it was the cyclist. Not only was it cyclists, but um, I think what our, our listeners from New Westminster will find interesting is we did ask about um, what does this $18 million get you? And it was a little bit hard to get specific responses. But what we did get was general responses, which was, was good. We found out that um, uh, based on like rough calculation, that, that this will uh, be 20 to 30 kilometers of new uh, dedicated bike lanes um, throughout the city of New Westminster. So that's a lot of bike lanes. So I know there's one that was put up on 6th Street in Uptown. And uh, so just think about that one and then think about 20 to 30 kilometers of that now being built throughout the city. But you and I debated this at length um, with our colleagues around the importance of putting pedestrians at the top of that um, food chain in terms of funding and capital investments. And we didn't seem to get very far. Once again, the thing is, there is going to be about 20 to 30 kilometers roughly of bike lanes throughout the city. And uh, where the importance should have been on the safety of the pedestrians, like we were talking earlier about 6th Avenue and 2nd Street. Crosswalks. The the crosswalks, the lights for the young children. it just seems like that wasn't as important as the bike lanes. Yeah, and you and I t- have talked about this both in the chamber and, and, and privately that we've had a couple of major tragedies in the last year around pedestrians who've been hit by vehicles. That's right. And we've heard so loud and clear from so many people about the need for investments in, in more pedestrian safety. I think the public's going to be quite surprised when they learn that the vast majority of the money that's in that active transportation plan is not going for um, uh, crosswalk upgrades or more lighting at crosswalks, et cetera. It's going into 20 to 30 kilometers of bike lanes. Bike lanes. And and you and I aren't opposed to bike lanes. We, we love cycling. I cycle. Um, you know, I, I know that um, uh, members of my family cycle, et cetera. But so it's not about not liking bicycles or cycling. It's about the number one priority is pedestrians and pedestrians. yet they're just not getting that yeah money. you're absolutely right again you know uh, the importance has to be also the fact that we take care uh, as far as the safety is concerned for the pedestrians investing in bike lanes is a good thing but at the present uh, again based on uh, what we were hearing from the people and a few accidents that we have had uh, with the pedestrians it it was important to focus and not ignore the pedestrians as well uh, you know, when you're spending so much money on just the bike lanes, it would have been nice, even if half the money uh, could have been spent on the safety for the pedestrians. Workshops wrapped up. Um, before we pivot over to the general council meeting, because there was a couple of pretty big things that happened at that council meeting, uh, one about the mayor's trip to Dubai, which I'm sure all of our listeners want to hear a little bit more about that. Attention passengers. We've now reached our destination. We hope you enjoyed the flight and have a nice day. As well as um, our debate. It was a, a very big theme of the Middle East that night. I think we were debating the mayor's trip to the Middle East, and then we, were, we had a debate on the, the war in the Middle East. But we'll leave that for now for a moment. But, um, boy, there was something big that happened just hours before we got to council. And that was the big news that um, one of our colleagues announced, uh, Councillor Nakagawa, who was one of the founders of Community First, who um, has been, uh, you know, a pillar of that uh, political organization since it started. 
uh, just kind of casually posted on her, Insta, her private Instagram account that she left Community First. Paul, what was your reaction when you found out that Nadine Nakagawa has now sitting as an independent? Yeah, I'm absolutely surprised by that. Um, but uh, uh, the funny thing is, uh, Daniel, that this thing happened sometime around the summertime. And none of us, we knew about it. Uh, even myself, I did not know about it. it was very... so let's, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Paul. Yeah, so yeah. I want to clear that up. So, so Councillor Nakagawa uh, quit, left, departed, whatever terminology we want. She was no longer affiliated with Community First in the summer of last 2023. And we only found out about it the day before the council meeting on January 8th, um, based on the rumors and uh, everything you're reading on social media and um, based on also uh, what Councillor Nakagawa said about uh, the AGM in the summer. So um, it seems like it was the summer uh, when, um, like you said, whether she quit or whether, um, whichever way the things didn't work out, um, to see somebody that uh, built Community First uh, and um, uh, promoted and advocated Community First uh, somehow was not with the Community First anymore. So it was a very big surprise uh, just before uh, the meeting uh, on, on January 8th. And you know what surprised me the most and what still surprises me because I've done some media interviews on this is the length of time from which, like you said, it was last summer when she left Community First. And the only reason I found out about it is because somebody just literally hours before um, uh, Councillor Nakagawa announced this, I looked on the Community First website and her picture had been scrubbed and her bio and everything else had been removed. And I started thinking to myself, I couldn't imagine if if you or I left the New West Progressives for six or seven Absolutely. months. Yes. And imagine if we suddenly just posted that on Instagram, what the reaction would have been from our political opponents on council, I can only imagine what it would have been because I know what my reaction was, what took you so long? I mean, yeah, surprise. It wasn't just uh, the council Naka and the Dean Nakagawa didn't announce. It was also the community first itself um, that did not announce uh, anything about it. And, and uh, I find it quite odd uh, that uh, the message wasn't re released as soon as this happened. But uh, it is what it is, and uh, we know that Councillor Nadine Nakagawa is now independent. Mm. And um, um, do you think anyone else? I don't want you to speculate, but one down. Do you think anyone else might? Oh, be I'm not sure about that, <laughs> Councillor uh, Fontaine. But uh, uh, anything can happen as we move forward. Um, time will tell. Um, but um, I hope we find it out a lot sooner. Um, if it does happen again compared to what happened the last time. Now we're going to be talking about the evening council meeting, uh, the regular council meeting. A couple of things, as I said earlier, we had a distinct theme of the Middle East um, that evening. And the first uh, item up was uh, a motion that I tried to put onto the agenda because as some of you who are listening may know, there's been some controversy with our mayor who um, decided to accept a, um, uh, an all-expenses-paid trip uh, from a third-party organization uh, known as C40, which is funded. The, some of the donors are some of the largest American-based uh, corporations and, 
and foundations uh, in the world. And they fund this group called C40 and, and the mayor accepted that trip. And there's been a ton of controversy. It's been all over the news as to whether or not um, uh, that trip should have been, we should have been notified um, at council before the trip took place. So all that being said, I'm sure people have, it's been, I can't walk down the street without people talking to me about it. So I'm sure a lot of people have, have heard about it. So we had been told through the media all week that um, there was a report coming to council on Monday night. We'd have the opportunity to talk about it. We would have the opportunity to start asking some some questions. And that was a report just on the staff that went to Dubai because the mayor invited some of the city staff to go as well. So that was the first opportunity for us to get a little glimpse into that. And so that was put into the, this is a little complicated here, but that was put into the information section of the council meeting. And what happens when reports are in the information section, Councilor Minhas? You know, uh, we had a perfect opportunity that evening because a lot of people came uh, for the council meeting to listen to the debate and hear uh, from the mayor himself. Uh, first of all, the mayor wasn't there. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, um, Councillor uh, Jamie McAvoy, who was the acting mayor, um, decided to push this uh, to the next council meeting. But uh, it, he did, but I think I want to back up a bit because that was in the information report section. And then I moved a motion right at the beginning of the agenda to have that report brought up into the main part of the council meeting, which would have meant if it, would, if it had passed, we would have actually started debating on that Monday night. That's and then, right. as you said, it ended up getting defeated by... A 4-2. A 4-2, yeah. Four two, yeah. And uh, yes, and hence, uh, we didn't get a chance to debate. And it was a shame because I think it was important that uh, people uh, would have heard exactly uh, what had happened, what transpired. There's so many unanswered questions um, that people want to know, including myself, and I'm sure you want to know about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lingering questions about this trip. And, and well, we want to know, did the mayor fly business class? What hotel did he stay in? How much right. was the trip? What was the total cost? Who approached the mayor? Who offered the trip to the mayor? You and know? who were the staff members that went on who, this trip? Who, who uh, were the staff that all went? I mean, I think between you and I, we had counted close to 100 questions that yeah. we had. And we didn't have a chance to ask That's one question. So um, it was a little bit disappointing. Um, but definitely, I'm sure that the people are eagerly waiting for the next meeting. Uh, so that you, will come now to January 22nd. That's right. And there will be an opportunity for that report to come forward to council and for us to debate. Now, that's just the staff portion. That's right. So there is no report yet coming from the mayor, right? So um, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything. So um, we'll see what happens. Well, that brings me to the next uh, uh, bullet because I did try to bring my motion because I'm bringing a motion for it to council. You and I submitted it, I moved it and you seconded it. We submitted it into by the 27th of December, which was the time frame that we had to submit the motion. Then we got notified after we submitted our motion that our motion had come in, unfortunately, too late. And they moved the date back to December 22nd. And long story short, we were told that our motion and the motion was asking for the mayor to produce a report around all of the details surrounding the accepting of that all expenses paid trip. So we had that re- motion for it. And we were told um, we couldn't bring it forward on Monday, but I moved a motion. On that note, I I also brought a motion forward asking that um, the mayor, it, it'll be a motion that asking the mayor to produce a report on Dubai. 
and for all the details and all the expenses and all the information around swirling around um, this trip to become uh, public. And even though um, we missed the deadline, I did ask um, for council to kind of um, uh, take an exception because we did submit it on time. And what ended up happening with that motion? It did get passed. So this motion will be coming forward on uh, January 22nd, I believe is the yes. next date. Yep. And uh, it will uh, give us a chance to ask uh, all the questions that we have uh, for the mayor and the staff. Uh, as well as um, uh, we'll have a wholesome uh, discussion and debate uh, in the chambers. And I'm hoping that uh, people will tune in, uh, listen to this very important uh, discussion and debate. So January 22nd, to be clear for everyone who's following this, as some have said, the Dubai debacle, yes. um, this particular um, file. So on the 22nd, there will be a staff report coming forward and there'll be questions that we can ask of the staff's participation. There will also be a motion that I'm bringing forward and that pertains to asking the mayor to write a separate report. So we won't see that report next two weeks from now, but at least if council can pass, if four of us can vote in favor of that, the mayor will be required to submit a report back to council and there'll be some transparency. And I, I think it's important to, because, you know, on these podcasts, we can dig a little bit deeper into this stuff. I think it's important to note the following. The, mayor's, uh, the, the mayor has been asserting in the public um, scope in the d domain that he didn't need to come back to council to get approval on this. He said it's been long-standing policy. If the mayor travels, the mayor doesn't need to come to council for approval. You know what? He's right. He's absolutely right. But that's for the mayor's office travel budget that you and I get to vote on mm -hmm. and we get to debate on. And he's correct. That's right. He does not need to bring right. that forward. But what does he need to do if it's for a all expenses paid trip like he got. Uh, definitely, he has to be very transparent about it. And um, there was nothing uh, mentioned to myself. Well, uh, when did you find out about it? Um, I didn't find out uh, after the mayor had left. Uh, he was in Dubai. Um, I believe there was a post on Instagram. Yes, I think it was. Uh, yeah. That was circulating yeah. and uh, somebody... I think the mayor was in, he was in a bus or something, bus or, or something, a train or something, yeah, yeah holding, holding on yeah, hanging on. And that, that was the first, yeah, yeah. somebody flipped that to me. And that was yeah, the first. and it was the same thing. Uh, that's how I found out. And of course, then um, I started talking to you and we were talking and discussing what's going on. Is the mayor in town? And then we find out that he was in Dubai and stuff like that. So uh, I, I believe transparency has to be there, uh, especially when a third party is, is funding the trip. And, and uh, who else got funded for the trip? Uh, was there any spouses or any staff members? And how many staff members uh, were on this trip? Mm -hmm. um, I think it is important that people have the right to know. We have the right to know. Um, it seems like um, both of us, um, when uh, we did try to ask a few questions, um, we did not get the answers that we were uh, seeking. Um, and and it just raised more questions, and I think um, uh, you know uh, this is a great way. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to ask the mayor. Um, the staff will have a report, and uh, we can move forward. Yeah, uh, just in closing, I mean, at some stage we're going to have to have this debate and discussion. Yeah. You can postpone it for only so long, but That's at, right. at some stage, you and I will have an opportunity, yeah. uh, perhaps 10, 20, 30 minutes worth of opportunity to ask some questions and get to the bottom of this. I, I was just at Century House for the annual general meeting, and I have never had so many people approach me 
who came up to me and said how concerned they were and and were um, upset, actually, quite frankly, that this had transpired and applauded me and thanked both of us, actually, for raising this in the public and making sure that there was some accountability there. You know, you're absolutely right. I've heard the same thing over and over again based on what you just said, that the number of people that are asking questions now and is this the right thing and why didn't the mayor... Uh, inform you guys as in council and um, that he was taking the trip. Um, and it's only fair that, that the people get these answers and we get the answers as well. So to wrap up the uh, podcast and our council wrap up, um, we're going to stick to the topic of the Middle East because that seemed to be the theme of the council meeting. And uh, we're going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break away and I'd like you to hear an excerpt of me speaking in the chamber and then I'm going to flip it over and you're going to hear Councillor Minhas uh, speaking in the chamber and we'll be right back. So just listen in on this. Let me first start my remarks this evening by saying um, how profoundly disappointed I am in my colleagues bringing this motion regarding a conflict in the Middle East forward to Council. As stated by a previous presenter to this council back in December, who I should note was in favor of Councillor Nakagawa's motion, they said this fell clearly outside the purview and the scope of our jurisdiction. And I agree. When I got elected, I committed to the citizens and business owners of New Westminster that I would sit in this chamber and focus on core issues for which we had direct control. And it's worth reminding everybody that as of today, we are facing the prospect of another record 8% property tax increase. Our roads are in rough shape and filled with potholes and broken asphalt. We're facing a serious daycare shortage in our downtown core and around the city. The public has told us that they're concerned about the level of crime and public disorder on our streets and back alleys. We don't have enough recreation programs to keep up with our population growth. And I could go on, Mr. Chair, but I won't. So as you can see, the focus of our debate tonight should be on the critical issues we have 100% control over. It should not be about things like nuclear disarmament, global space treaties, or international conflicts. If my colleagues wanted to champion these types of national and international issues, I would highly encourage them to step aside from their post on council and to campaign to become a member of parliament or to seek a post at the United Nations or similar agencies. Councillor Minhas. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, um, Mr. Mayor, I want to build on the remarks of Councillor Fontaine and appreciate the opportunity to speak for a few moments before I, too, depart this chamber. Like Councillor Fontaine, I got elected by the people of New Westminster on a commitment to focus on the core areas of our responsibility. Many business owners in the city are hurting. We have seen business after business begin to close their doors and pack up. Some have cited high rents, others high taxes as the cause. Tonight, we could be debating a number of local issues that we have control over, but rather some members of council want us to debate, us to be debating a conflict in the Middle East. Who knows, we may soon have other members of this council being sponsored by a third party organization 
and jumping on a plane to head over to the Middle East. Um, I believe that is out of order in this discussion, Paul. I'll carry on. What we aren't talking about are core issues that people elected us to deal with. We have many serious issues that need our attention. We need to be lobbying the provincial and federal government to address the issues of homelessness and lack of mental health support. We need to be in Victoria asking for more infrastructure funding so we can build more community centers, more libraries, so we can finish the development of a waterfront pier and connect downtown and Sapperton. Don't get me wrong, like Councilor Fontaine, I'm horrified with what I see happening in Israel and Gaza. I find it simply horrifying to hear what happened on October 7th and how so many innocent Israelis were slaughtered by the terrorists. I'm also equally upset to see how so many innocent Palestinians have now been caught in the crossfire as the, mis as the missiles fly back and forth between Israel and Gaza. But I know there are senior orders of government that have a direct mandate to address this and speak out on this issue. Speaking of that, I should note that the, that the discussion about Canada calling for a ceasefire is now moot, as Canada has already done that. Yet another reason why I don't think this motion should be on the floor for debate. With that, Mr. Mayor, I will be departing the chamber when a majority of my colleagues recommence debate and are once again focused on civic issues that are solely within our mandate and prepared to return to this chamber. Until then, I will let my colleagues debate the international issue on their own. Thank you. So, Councillor Mendez, uh, our listeners just heard a little excerpt of, of my speaking notes, uh, my uh, remarks in the chamber as well as your remarks. So after we both spoke and, and pleaded with our colleagues, our community first uh, colleagues to uh, focus on the core civic issues, uh, you and I both said, when you guys are ready to have a discussion on the core issues, potholes, uh, repairing uh, sidewalks, kids rec, rec, rec programs, etc., call us back in. But we both left the chamber and there were only four members of council left, actually. If, I think if we would have lost one more, they wouldn't have had quorum. So there was only four people left in that chamber that night. Um, why did you um, maybe perhaps put a bit more color commentary? Why, why were you so passionate about that and why did you decide to leave the chamber? Uh, Daniel, um, when I ran for the city, uh, for the city council, People didn't elect me for a job for the UN. Uh, neither was it federal government. I got elected for a municipal city, for the city of New Westminster. Uh, my job, the mandate, is to take care, address the core um, issues that plague us. Whether it's the amenities that we need, whether it's the schools, the sidewalks, the potholes, you know, um, those are the things that I was elected for. And to me, it just doesn't make sense. And I'm actually quite flabbergasted that um, uh, Councillor Nadine Nakagawa would bring this motion forward, um, something which the Canadian government had already uh, called for a ceasefire. And it was a, a motion that was... Uh, not going to go anywhere. 
it's not really going to help us. Well, not only did she bring the motion forward uh, asking for a ceasefire, which was moot, by the moot, way, as you said, way, we, we, right. that government already done that. But she kind of doubled down. Um, she not only took that motion, she expanded it. She added a whole bunch of different components to the motion. That's, That's right. when you and I got up and said, you know what? Yeah, yeah. this is beyond our control. And, uh, um, and the fact, actually, uh, to be honest with you, Daniel, uh, it almost seemed like there was a lot of intimidation going on within the city hall. Uh, the way the city staff were treated, uh, other members in uh, in the audience that were treated, um, it was basically taken over. And that I did not like. Well, remember, I, I read into it, um, uh, into the record uh, an email that the mayor sent to both you and I. That's right. And and he was quite admin. And, and the mayor and I don't always see eye to eye. In fact, most times we don't see eye to eye on things. But on this one, we actually were 100% in agreement because yeah. the mayor said, Doing what we did uh, this week by bringing these types of motions or lighting up City Hall or doing those types of things only will serve to divide New Westminster. You're absolutely right, because I received the same email and we were asked by the mayor uh, to not create more confusion and divisiveness. And we agreed. Uh, we were totally in agreement, uh, as far as I know, between yourself, myself and the mayor, that we were not going to. Uh, push the matter any forward. Mm -hmm. um, but then to see the motion being brought forward by uh, Councilor Nadine Nakagawa and then being almost, I felt like it was being inflamed. Mm. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, uh, but uh, that's what I felt and that's my opinion. And um, um, Can I rule you out of order? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you can rule me out of order. It's, it's happened to me before. I think it has happened. Dude. It's happened to me before. And yeah. uh, uh, But you know, uh, that's the way I feel. And there's a lot of people that feel the same thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think this motion wasn't necessary. It created a lot of divisiveness and, and a lot of people were scared and they have a lot of questions and they're wondering what's going on in our city hall. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to uh, regurgitate and go through again my entire comments and your comments. I would encourage everyone to go to the newest Progressive's YouTube page. Your remarks, my remarks are there in their entirety, unedited. You can listen to That's both right. of them. But I will say this, that you and I are both very concerned with what we're seeing happening in the Middle East. This has nothing to do with the fact that we are yeah, sickened yeah. by the fact that so many uh, children, so many people, the hostages, it's just a horrific situation. It's on both sides, uh, you know, whether we talk about Israel, whether we talk about uh, Gaza, it's happening on both sides. And it's very, very sad. Um, but again, we are not in a position... Uh, to really uh, make uh, any kind of a difference. And we need to focus more mm -hmm. on the core responsibilities that have been delegated to us right. or as a mandate from the people, by the people in the city. Yeah, and that's, I think, important for our listeners to, to and for the residents in New Westminster to know is it really, um, at any stage, if there's something being brought to the floor of the chamber that like I said, space treaties or nuclear disarmament or something that has absolutely... Uh, we have no control over. You and I have kind of said, we're going to walk out and we're going to let our colleagues finish those international affairs or national affair debates. And we'll come back when they want to talk about potholes. And and that's exactly what we did. Um, I mean, I remember you uh, doing your speech. Uh, you stated very clearly uh, some very strong and valid points. And then, of course, uh, you walked out. And uh, fairly quickly after that, uh, I did the same thing. And then I walked out as well. And, and uh, you know, New Westminster is 
making headlines in the National Post mag, uh, newspaper, New Westminster front and center in a national story about how um, our uh, council was disrupted. Um, there, this has been all over uh, social media. There's been literally tens of thousands, uh, close to, I think, 60,000 views on one single video that was taken in our council chambers that night. It's clearly, um, as the mayor had kind of predicted and forecasted, it really is a divisive issue that, um, in our opinion, was unnecessary. And we are um, uh, confident that the government of Canada, the United Nations, other international bodies that are mandated, that have the resources, that have the staff, That's right. yeah. yeah, that can do this kind of stuff. They, they should, have the power. They, they can do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And in the city of New Westminster, we should be focusing on garbage pickup and, and potholes, etc. So in any event, um, it wasn't it wasn't um, a great way to end the council meeting. Unfortunately, as, as you pointed out, it caused a lot of division and, and hurt and, um, and anger. And our council should be about bringing people together, not tearing people apart. And I know that we're both committed yeah, to that. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that part. But I also don't want the people to forget that um, I feel really bad for the staff members that were um, subjected to some uh, uh, quite abuse, actually. Uh, and and uh, they did not need to be a part of this. Um, and I feel horrible. Um, I think things could have been uh, dealt and handled uh, much differently if the motion wasn't brought forward. And so at the end of the day, the motion did get passed uh, four to nothing. And um, both myself and yourself, we yeah. had uh, walked out of the room, out of the chamber. Paul, uh, thank you once again for coming on for the record. Um, you're going to be you're going to be making regular appearances on the podcast throughout the year. Um, hopefully, our New Westminster listeners in particular enjoyed this because it did go into a little bit of a deeper dive for those people who can't go to council. Sometimes, um, being able to listen to this podcast in the car or to do it at the at the gym gives you the opportunity to at least hear our perspectives. And I encourage you to go and listen to our our colleagues' perspectives. They might have slightly different perspectives than we do. We encourage you to do that. That's what part of a local democracy is all about. This was our opinions and our perspectives on uh, what happened. Daniel, I really want to thank you uh, for giving me this opportunity again. I love these podcasts. Uh, I, you know, I've never done these things before. And it, uh, it gives me an opportunity to speak not only with the people, but also uh, fight my own uh, demons of my fear with the, with the microphone and the camera. Councilman uh, S, if I didn't know you had a fear of a, of a microphone or a camera, you definitely um, don't exhibit that in the podcast. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for uh, coming on again. We will be having another council meeting, as we said, on the 22nd. And if uh, time permits, you and I will perhaps sit down again like we've done today. I would love to. Yeah, we'll do a little bit of a, of a download. And yeah. once again, you're listening to For the Record. And make sure that you tell your friends, you tell your family, you tell everybody to follow us. It's available on Spotify, on uh, uh, Google, on Amazon, every major platform you can download for the record. And we've been getting um, uh, some incredible positive feedback, lots of downloads on the podcast. We're slowly building that audience up. And again, if you have any ideas on a, on a special guest you'd like on the podcast, or if you have a topic that you'd like perhaps Councilor Minhas and I to delve into or to talk about, uh, just go to danielfontaine.ca. That's my website. And you can uh, see my contact information there. And I would love to uh, to hear from you. So um, on that note, 
We're going to wrap it up. And to wrap up the podcast this week, here is a segment that I did with Jill Bennett from CKNW on the mayor's trip to Dubai. Have a listen. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. While some questions are being asked by two councillors, New West Progressive councillors Daniel Fontaine and Paul Minhas, both say the mayor of New Westminster, his trip to the COP28 UN Climate Change Conference in United Arab Emirates in December has raised questions and they are continuing to look for answers. Well, joining me on the line to talk more about this is Daniel Fontaine, New Westminster City Councillor. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me on, Jill. What specifically about this trip do you think there are are still questions about? Well, there are literally dozens and dozens of questions that come to mind on this trip. But the fact that uh, Mayor Johnstone got on a plane and uh, flew out to the United Arab Emirates, uh, just putting aside the carbon emission on that, but the fact that he went out there and that both Councillor Minhas and I had to find out about it through his Instagram, his private Instagram account, um, is very problematic. And then when you start digging a little bit further into how he actually made it to the United Arab Emirates, we uh, started asking some questions of city staff and tried to ask some questions of the mayor uh, in terms of who paid for this trip. And we found out that this was paid not for uh, not by the, the city uh, budget for the mayor's office for travel, which he has allocated a, a, tr- a travel budget. But in fact, it was paid for by a third, quote unquote, third party organization. Um, and we uh, we dug a bit deeper and staff gave us more information. And then when we looked into it, this third-party organization is funded by a number of American-based uh, organizations and foundations and corporations like Google and Ikea and Bloomberg, and the list goes on and on. So some serious concerns around uh, the process and the procedures that the mayor used to accept um, this gift from uh, this third-party organization. And, in fact, it was not only for the mayor's trip and travel himself, but also for one city staffer who also went uh, to Dubai as well. So, so far, lots of questions, Jill, and not a lot of answers. So when somebody is traveling and a third party is playing for it, are there rules and ethics guidelines that they need to follow when it's somebody in, a, in either a leadership role as mayor or as a councillor with the city? Are there rules there that, that should have been followed that weren't? Well, it's a good question, and it's actually um, a bit of a nuanced response because there's multiple uh, procedures, policies, and and legislation that uh, impacts that. So at a high level, all municipal officials are prohibited from accepting uh, any gifts from any any organization uh, or any individual. That's very clear in Section 105 of the Community Charter, so anybody who is caught accepting gifts can face um, actual removal from office. So there is some very um, strong language at the provincial side that all municipal politicians have to adhere to. But in terms of our own uh, process within the city of New Westminster, I I call it basic principles of of openness and transparency. If if our mayor has accepted an invitation to represent the city of New Westminster at an international climate conference in Dubai, and that was completely paid for, and we still don't know what the cost of it was, by the way, but the the flights, the hotels, the meals, all of that was paid for by a third-party organization. I think that taxpayers and, the, and the, the, the residents of New Westminster, the local businesses, council, we all deserve to know what 
what happened and what transpired? Who made the offer? What was the purpose for the offer? How much was it valued at? I mean, the list of questions goes on and on, and we simply are not getting any answers. So was it because that a staffer went with him as, as well? Or how do you know if it, if it was his personal Instagram page? How do you know mm-hmm. that he was there specifically in the role as mayor of New Westminster? Well, we don't know that, Jill. So just so you know, um, there's been no reports that have come to council yet. So we, we know that the mayor went. We know that a staff person went over there. There was no memos, no emails, no notification to anybody on council that I'm aware of prior to the Instagram post that the mayor started putting while he was actually in Dubai. So we don't know, was he actually representing the city or not? We don't know if he was We simply don't know, and I don't even want to speculate on it because that's what we're trying to ask questions about. I do know that a report is now finally coming to council on Monday, and that is in relation to the staff component of that. In terms of the staff person that went, there is a report that was just posted um, online, and it'll be coming to council on Monday, and perhaps we can begin asking some questions around that. But even with that, Jill... Even the staff report, when I checked the financial implication section of that report, when I looked to see who funded this trip, was it paid for by Google or Bloomberg? The response in the financial implication section, Jill, is amazingly, it says it was, quote, paid for by a third-party organization, unquote. So I'm no further ahead as a councillor, nor is Councillor Minhas, uh, who's, who's also asking the same questions. We're still in the dark as to actually who funded this trip. And then do you know whether or not this was a trip, again, if it was taken on official uh, civic business, then it wouldn't mm-hmm. be so a, a vacation, say, by the mayor. Not that that gets, gets away from wanting to know more about the third party mm-hmm. that paid for it. But if, say, he was being paid as a, a private citizen or somebody to attend this, one would assume he'd have to take vacation, that it wouldn't be, that it would be time away. Or, or do you know how long he was in Dubai for? We don't, I, I don't know the exact dates. I don't know when he left. I don't know whether he flew business class. I don't know what hotel he was at. That's all part of this issue is if we're going to have the mayor accept a gift like this and accept a trip over to uh, uh, the Middle East on, on, a tri- on a trip that, uh, you know, no doubt costs thousands of dollars, I think it is incumbent upon the mayor to inform council. I mean, I'm sitting on the Board of Governors along with Councilor Minas and six, and six people along plus the mayor, all seven of us, should be informed if somebody is is leaving the city representing us at a foreign delegation or anything else. And as you can imagine, Jill, if you look at it from the context of you pull out from this particular incident, and if, if I, as a counsellor, was offered a free trip by a, a big liquor manufacturer to go down to the Super Bowl in Denver to go and investigate, you know, organized sport and how it might apply to the city of New Westminster, clearly that would be offside, and I would never accept anything like that. In this case, we know that a third-party organization has paid for and and funded the complete trip from top to bottom, and we only found out about it because we happened to stumble upon the mayor's Instagram account. Uh, so I guess at this point, too, and uh, we reached out to the mayor, and we were told that he's on uh, personal vacation now. And again, everybody deserves personal vacation, but uh, we did reach out to try and find some of these answers as well. Do you know if other civic mayors or other politicians from this level of government, if they were also at the conference? So I can only go from what uh, Mayor Johnstone wrote in his blog, because he did blog about some of the folks that he met with and, and <clears throat> had dinners with, etc., while he was in the, uh, in the Dubai area. He indicated in his blog that he was the only mayor in British Columbia to accept that trip. 
So if, if the, the mayor uh, is correct in his assertion, there was uh, nobody else in the province of British Columbia, no other civic official took that offer. And I do know that it was offered. I can confirm that, that I have checked around. Other cities did receive uh, an invitation from this third-party group and, and respectfully declined it. The city of New Westminster's mayor was the only mayor, according to our mayor, that accepted that trip and, and went to Dubai. And to me, doesn't that kind of raise, and maybe not a bigger question, but certainly it raises another question. And even if in this case, taxpayers might hear this and say, well, it didn't cost taxpayer dollars, mm-hmm. so at least we weren't paying for this. But uh, at the same time, why are you going to a conference like this? You're the mayor of a small city in British Columbia. That's the job you were elected to do. If you want to do something on that level of, of the United Nations or even the federal government, then then go work for one of those agencies why are you taking time away from running a city again that you were elected to do uh, to take part in this conference which really has nothing to do with civic politics well jill i got elected to fix potholes and make sure kids had the proper recreation programs in our community centers i mean that's my focus i i'm not i never got elected so that i could be off on on trips to dubai or to other you know international destinations i think you raised some really good points and i think the residents of new westminster um, you know, their mayor was gone. He was, he, in fact, he, he uh, attended a council meeting from Dubai, so actually participated in a council meeting from Dubai from his hotel room. So, I mean, I, I'll give him credit for, you know, zo- zooming in early in the morning, but really, um, he should have been here. And, and when you look at the fact that this conference had, what, over 90,000 delegates, 3,000 of those delegates actually decided to do it carbon-free, and they stayed in their resident community and logged in and participated that way. We actually, given we've declared a climate emergency at the city of New Westminster, I find it a bit odd that our mayor would have jumped on a plane and flown all the way to the UAE and then back, given that uh, the, the, the state of affairs we have with our climate at the moment. Well, exactly, and, and the hypocrisy, and not to suggest the mayor flew in a private plane, but the hypocrisy of private planes and, like you said, 90,000 delegates and the the footprint of these conferences is a whole other whole other topic. Uh, when do you think you'll be able to talk to the mayor or like you said this staff report about the the city staffer who went as well coming to council? When are you hopeful that you might get some more answers or clarification on this? Yeah, so we did um Councilman S and I did ask for a meeting with the mayor and did ask if we could have a sit down with him to ask him the questions directly that we have and still remain unanswered. Um the mayor unfortunately has responded back by indicating that he will not meet with Councillor Minhas and I together. The only way that he will meet with us to discuss this topic is if we have separate meetings. And Councillor Minas and I have been very clear from the beginning that we requested the meeting jointly and we'd like to be able to meet with the mayor, but it looks like that meeting is not going to happen um, at any time soon. But we, we have put a motion forward, Jill. There is a motion coming to Council very soon, and that motion will request that the mayor uh, provide emails, uh, receipts, documentation around all the expenses that were incurred, as well as providing us more information on who made the offer of the trip, uh, which organization are they from, where is the funding coming from, all those types of questions would come if the motion gets passed, the mayor will be required to actually submit that to uh, to council. Unfortunately, it'll be likely weeks, if not months after the trip is over, but at least we'll have a bit more openness and transparency about exactly what happened. All right, Councillor Fontaine, thank you for this. And we will follow up with you and again with the mayor as well. But thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Thanks for having me on, Joe. Daniel Fontaine is a New Westminster City Councillor. Again, he and fellow councillor, both New West progressives, asking for more information about the mayor's attendance at the UN Climate Change Conference in Dubai.